Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hi guys, welcome back. This is your host, Ken speaking. I'm delighted to continue our CX series this week as we learn all about our proactive customer experience. We are joined by Nilay Chakravarti, who is the Director of Global Customer Support at Parsifal. Since he joined Parsifal, building a proactive customer experience has been a key goal for Nilay. He explains to us that customer support is very reactive by nature, but how can you change this? How can you prevent a ticket from ever happening in the first place? Nilay kindly shares his knowledge and how he is changing the CX experience and talks us through some of the solutions that have worked very well for him, including the huge value data plays in this process. So let's get on with the show. Welcome, Nilay. Hey, thanks for having me, Ken. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Likewise. Listen, uh, so maybe we start. Could you tell us a bit about who you are and maybe your current role? Yeah, definitely. So I'm Niloy Chakravarti. I'm currently the Director of Global Support at Parsable. Parsable is a connected worker tool aimed at empowering frontline workers with digital procedures to improve safety, quality, maintenance, really any sort of standard operating procedure practice that happens in a manufacturing facility. That's really our bread and butter. Our industry focus is primarily energy, CPG, and manufacturing. But my background actually started in consulting. And even before that, my background was in petroleum engineering. So I kind of made my way from engineering through tech consulting and ultimately found myself at Parsable where I was, I started focused on delivery, moved my way into customer success management. And now, like I said, I lead our global support organization. Very interesting because I've come across a few different people who have, you know, different backgrounds and I think it adds such great value. You know, you mentioned their engineering and being in the customer experience side that you have that background, that I think it helps an awful lot, not only mm-hmm. in the process, which we're going to talk about in a moment, but but also even just understanding customers' issues and needs. But uh, fantastic. Listen, when we spoke recently, you said that you feel customer experience is very reactive, but you feel it should be more proactive. Um, could you just expand on this point for us? Yeah, definitely. This is something that's really top of mind for for us here at Parsable and really for me since I joined this role. So let's start with kind of breaking down why someone might contact customer support. So at Parsable, if a customer contacts support, it really means one of three things. It means that either they don't understand how to use our product in a certain way, or they need some help using the product. They have a question, let's say. They're having an issue with the use of the product or the product is not performing up to their standards, right? There's some sort of bug in the system. Or lastly, they want to share some feedback about the product, right? They have a feature request or they think the product could be improved. So all this means that customers are really coming to support at the tail end of their experience. And this is what I mean whenever I say customer support is a reactive organization by nature. So when we think about flipping that narrative and making support more of a proactive organization, we can really start to drive a little more value for our customers. So let me give you an example. If a customer, or sorry, if a company or an organization like Parsable 
uses customer segmentation to identify customers' needs at various points of either their maturity with the product or their contract lifetime. That data could be used to provide newer customers those same pieces of information that were previously provided reactively to like legacy customers. So in other words, data can be utilized to kind of flip that whole experience. And that's how we think about it at Parsable. The question that we're really asking ourselves is, how do we ever prevent the ticket from ever having to come in? So I should be clear about one thing though. I don't think support can ever be completely proactive because like I said, it's kind of reactive by nature, but we can make marginal improvements that are aligned on this common goal of providing the best customer experience overall. And part of providing the best experience is becoming more proactive. Interesting. Yeah, because I had a guest um, a couple of months back and he was saying the best customer experience for him was no customer experience in that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of something similar to what you're talking about. But it's, listen, it's easier said than done. Let's be honest. Maybe you could talk to us about, you know, how do you address this point? Yeah, definitely. So there's quite a few different things that we're doing, but I want to talk about two that are really top of mind right now. Okay. So the, the first one is something that I consider table stakes, but nonetheless, I found it's really critical to providing a proactive experience. So let me start by asking the question of how many times have you opened a tool that you rely on for something only to find out that it's down for maintenance or down because of some outage that you didn't know about? Mm, I agree. Yeah, several times for me as well. And that's a really frustrating experience. And you can imagine that that frustration rises exponentially the more critical that tool is to your business operations, right? The more critical it is to you getting your work done, the more that frustration about having some downtime that you did not or were not able to prepare for, the more frustrating that experience is. And it's it's always that one time that you really need it. (laughs) Yeah. Somehow it always is, right? But we we went ahead and we worked on a cross-functional process that's aimed at providing customers with proactive communications about our planned maintenance windows, as well as unplanned outages that we have. So a great example that I can provide about this was, so a few months ago, AWS had this major outage that really affected a lot of regions or a lot of organizations. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone in the world was, was affected by it in some way yes. because of how you know broad AWS is now. But we took this opportunity to reach out to our customers just shortly after we diagnosed the issue to let them know that we're actively monitoring that situation. So this did a couple things for us. This let our customers know that one, we're watching out for them. And number two, that we're on top of monitoring our own product. So... That's a, an example of how we handled an unplanned outage, right? There was this outage with AWS and we handled it that way. And did you manage that? Did you, was it via the application or via email? Yeah, that's a great question. So we did both. We actually used Gainsight to send an in-app message to our customers. And then we also use it, used, I believe, HighSpot or HubSpot, okay. I forget, to send out email communication to our customers. So that's an example of an unplanned outage. I want to provide a quick example of a kind of a planned maintenance window as well, because this is perhaps a little bit more important. Okay. Right. So we had to perform like a, a database upgrade on our applica- on our server, which is a pretty common thing that you know a lot of companies have to do. And we found that it was going to result in at least half an hour of downtime during our planned maintenance window. Right. So proactively communicating this information several days in advance to our customers, again, via an in-app message, via email, really allowed them 
to take action to communicate internally with their own employees and plan their business operations around that window, right? So instead of them opening up Parsable and realizing I can't log in, I can't you know, complete my work, they were able to plan in advance to say, hey, we're going to plan to not use Parsable during this time. So anything that needs to be done should be done before or after the window. So what we found was that some of the findings that we had was that customers need at least three days notice to plan their business appropriately, right? This gives them time to go and inform their internal employees about the maintenance window, as well as make sure that they take the appropriate actions to plan their business. Further, one thing that we found that was a little bit challenging was that with a product that's used globally, we're in 70 countries across the globe. It's critical to really let customers know when their specific region will be affected so that they aren't confused. So for example, a customer using Parsable in Saudi Arabia may be on our US server, right? Just because that's where their team is hosted. But if you just say that US customers are going to experience this outage at this time, they won't really understand that, right? So we have to make sure that communication is really clear. And then lastly, this is a cross-functional collaboration, not just something that starts and ends with customer support. So this whole process actually starts with engineering. It makes its way to support and customer operation and even has a marketing team filter to make sure that the communication that we send out is effective. So this proactive communication process, it's a great opportunity for a young organization to secure an easy victory with their customers, build some cross-functional collaboration and team spirit that you may not have otherwise. Love it, because uh, I actually only recently had the whole holistic approach to customer experience. And we spoke about how you mix with different teams in the company and how you manage that cooperation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Was that, it was, I mean, when you obviously worked with those different teams, was that a big challenge? Was it a lot of organization planning before you do this? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what I found most effective was that if we started off the conversation or the collaboration with aligning on the common thread that we wanted to achieve by implementing this process, I found that to be pretty helpful because that was always something that we could come back to as kind of our foundational you know, goal, right? What is the common thing that we want to do? We want to be able to provide customers with proactive communication so they can plan their business. So once we aligned on that common thread, other things, of course, everyone had their own opinions. They were watching out for their own organizations, but coming back to that common thread really helped us. Cool. And I mean, you know, you've done this obviously a number of times now at this stage. Has it always worked out well or has there been any issues that you kind of faced in that journey? Maybe that's something that didn't work so well. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, you know, it's, it's an ongoing journey. We've gotten feedback every time from our customers, from our internal teams about how we can improve this. So I don't see it as kind of a one and done type of thing. It's something that you start with, you know, your minimum viable product of this proactive communications process. And you have to continuously iterate every time that you get feedback. So for example, like this time, you know, the first time that we did it, we got the feedback that letting customers know a few days more in advance would be helpful rather than letting them know maybe a day or two in advance, let them know three to five days in advance. And then this previous time, you know, we got the information around, hey, you're a global business. It would be really helpful if I knew when I'm going to be impacted by this, like when I specifically am going to be impacted by this, right? And not just when is this whole region that I'm not even necessarily a part of going to be impacted. Yeah, because it's not only, it's not only aligning with your customers, but it's aligning with the organization across the world, mm-hmm. really, ultimately, isn't it? I mean, different time zones, 
yeah kind of aspect of it yeah like, definitely challenge with it but i mean i guess you still had customers not calling <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly they i mean of course their feedback is they're they're always going to have feedback right customers mm-hmm. are always going to think of of new and innovative ways that you guys can improve you know your organization your internal processes anything that affects them they're going to have opinions about how you can improve that and i think having a good way to ingest that information and prioritize it so that you can improve on that process iteratively is really important. Yeah, fantastic. I love it. And tell me if I can um, sorry go on, yes, go on. Oh, I just wanted to talk about one more initiative if we have oh, great. some time. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so there's another initiative that I think is is really really interesting as well. So this initiative is really targeted at influencing how product validates, what features and improvements should and shouldn't be on our roadmap with what priority. Okay. So again, being the tail end of the experience, support teams can capture really high quality data about what kinds of issues, questions, assistance their customer segments have with what volume, as well as what the bottom line cost to the business is of having to support these things that are, as I say, not productized. So taking this data to product can really better inform them on what their priorities are, what to build directly into the product. So our example of this is that we found that there was an administrative task that our customers need support assistance on. And not only was this task a resource drain for support, but it also had some of our most important customers and our top customers waiting upwards of like two weeks for some of these tasks to be completed, just due to the nature of the complexity of the task, due to our own resource limitations, trying to balance several things at once running across issues as we're, you know, completing this administrative task for them, all those different things would add up to our top customers having probably the worst experiences. So at that point, those customers may as well just manually complete that administrative task rather than wait on support. And that's a huge hit to the customer experience. Anytime a customer just decides, I'm not going to wait on you guys because this is taking too long, I'm just going to find my own workaround for this. That's a bad customer experience, whether or not they tell you. So what we did is we took that data, we showed our product teams, you know, trends of our customers that our top customers were having the worst experience with this. We were able to better inform them and influence them to include self-service for this task on our product roadmap. So when customers see that, they see that this burden for them is something that we're addressing without them ever, ever having to ask for it. Brilliant. Yeah, I love it. I think data is so important uh, in the world we live in now uh, across every spectrum. But the fact of using, I mean, is this something, is this like a new initiative or has it something that you've been looking at for some time in terms of the use of data? Yeah. So this particular initiative is relatively new. It's something that I thought about from the very beginning, but, okay. and I'll talk about this in just a second, but there's kind of layers to building a case for this, right? You ultimately have to start with I don't want to jump ahead to our next topic, but you have to start with data and having high quality data. That's a big challenge, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, how how do you address that point uh, just to start with in terms of getting that quality data? Yeah, it's a great question. So data is everything for me. There's a lot of buzz, whether it be about being a data-driven individual or having a business make data-driven decisions. But really when push comes to shove, the real question is, are you setting up your tools and your systems to be capturing high quality data as early on as possible. So for example, whenever I joined our support organization, 
one of the first things that we did as a team was an audit of how we disposition our tickets, right? Mm -hmm. So ticket dispositioning is looking at, you know, how are we prioritizing tickets? How are we tagging them with appropriate case summaries? You know, what's going on with the customer? Are we tagging it with, you know, the appropriate customer organization that's experiencing the issue? All that information is really what ticket dispositioning is for us. Okay. And what we found was that some topics were completely missing, others were way too granular. And while it's not without its flaws now, we were able to take that opportunity to simplify and improve our dispositioning upfront with the end result of what data we wanted to see at the forefront of our mind, right? And so again, having that kind of end goal in mind from the very beginning, whenever we changed our dispositioning, really helped us ensure the data was coming out was of high quality and could ultimately be packaged up and taken to product, right? And that's what I mean by tying it back together. That's what I mean by there's layers to it, right? So we had the end goal of, hey, if we can have good quality data, we can better inform product. And then we had to take a step back, take a step up, I should say, and say, well, what does good quality data for product look like? What does product need to make a better informed decision? And how do we make sure that our dispositioning in support and the data coming out of support meets those needs? Brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, yeah I've got a couple of points on that I'd like to ask you, Nidar. One is, it sounds like then, based on these initiatives, would I be correct in saying that you'd have less customer queries now than you had previously or not? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I thought that we might have the same thing. And what we found was really no matter what you resolve in the product, there will be new things that come up. And so I see it as kind of this iterative process. Again, like everything else that we do, it's iterative in the sense that you resolve one thing for a customer, the next thing comes up, right? So for example, once you take something and productize it, well, the customer is going to have questions about that feature. They're going to have issues with that feature. They're going to want to share feedback about that feature, about how you can improve it. So again, it's kind of this iterative thing where what I used to tell my customers whenever I was a CSM was that you don't know the truth, the ugly truth about your data until your data tells you the ugly truth. Mm-hmm. And you know, the way we think about it is that it's really empowering when you think about it this way, because data will help you either validate or invalidate your subjective experience. And then you can take that data and move forward with an informed perspective. Very interesting. But I suppose at the same time, I mean, I know you're, those, those queries are constantly coming, but if you weren't analyzing this and constantly improving, I guess the queries would increase and also the quality of the product would reduce. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And customers would just get more and more frustrated with their experience that's not changing at all, right? Exactly. At, least, at least whenever we have this iterative process, customers can see that whether they're asking for it or not, their experience is evolving. Yeah. And I think and that's what's really powerful. And they call it a journey for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Customer journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. Yeah, fantastic, uh, Nilar. Um, talk to me about, so it sounds like you depend a lot on technology. Um, how else is that helping to support the proactive customer experience? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm really fortunate in that the system that we use, Zendesk, has a really great, you know, I guess, data analytics tool built in called Zendesk Explorer. And so that's really helped us because honestly, again, like I said, data is everything. And having technology that can empower someone to use data to make decisions and drive influence is what's really helpful. So 
again, we utilize, I mean, we utilize Zendesk, we use Jira, all these different tools we set up from the beginning to really help us make sure that the data that's coming out is of high quality. Cool. Yeah, yeah, actually a question on the tooling. Do you find now it's getting too many tools? <laughs> that's a funny question because yeah. I, I, I laugh because, you know, I was blown away at how many tools we had whenever I joined Parsable. And I think this is true for a lot of organizations now that there's so many different solutions out there that are offering kind of a niche or that have a niche offering. Right. And they do one or two things really, really well. And so you implement a tool to do one thing really well for one function. And then another function implements a very similar tool, but it's slightly different and more tailored towards their function. And you end up with having like 10, 15 different systems that you use on a day-to-day basis. So I think it can be overwhelming. At the same time, I think that, you know, to the systems, I guess, credit, each of them serves their own purpose. And each of them produces kind of a a different data point for your argument whenever you're making a data-driven decision. Okay. So it sounds like, I mean, it's okay to have that multiple tools basically work with it because the value add is better than the negative aspect, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. It's also, you know, for me personally, I just find it interesting. So I'm not so maybe I'm a little bit biased there because I find it a little bit fun. It's kind of like a puzzle for me. You know, I have I have all these different points from different tools that we're using and I have to figure out how to put them together to make sure that, you know, whatever we're presenting makes a lot of sense and it's communicated effectively and that again it drives influence. Cool. So talk to me about, um, maybe let's ask you one more question, if you don't mind. Talk to us about, you know, how do you see this evolving for the future in terms of this proactive customer experience? Yeah, it's a good question. I've been thinking about this recently as well. I think we already are seeing it happening with bots and, you know, machine learning yes. solutions that are focused on, you know, providing customer support organizations with the ability to better monitor support tickets and better handle support volumes and things like that. And perhaps one evolution that we could see of it is the convergence of like logging tools with these bots. So maybe a scenario that I can imagine is that, you know, imagine a customer is using a tool or your tool. And before they even realize that their experience with that tool has deteriorated, a helpful bot reaches out to them based on, you know, server logging and events that are happening in in the that are sorry that are being displayed on the server logs a helpful bot reaches out to the customer in the application and lets them know what's going on what they can expect when they can expect their experience to you know get back to normal i think that's a convergence that we could see is having those you know we already have tools like datadog that are out there where you can create basically events that let you know that you know hey you know your cpu usage is really high or whatever and what that translates to, it could potentially be a bot reaching out to that customer and letting them know what's actually happening. So I think this does two things. It, it lets the customer, it reassures them that someone is out there considering every bit of their experience. And again, back to that proactive communication process, it lets the customer know that we're on top of our platform and monitoring our platform. Very interesting. Actually, another question on that. Could you see customer experience in the future becoming fully automated without people? You know, it's a good question. I have thought about that as well. And Mm. I oftentimes wonder if it's even a good idea for it to be fully automated. Because at least what I found at Parsable is that customers really love 
feeling like someone is watching out for them. Like someone, like they can talk to someone at the end of the day, that they can talk to a real person on the other side of an email, even whether it's an email or a phone call, you know, we find this with our retail experiences too. The worst thing that can happen whenever you call, let's say your phone company is you get stuck talking to a bot, right? What you really want to do oftentimes is just get like, you know, I have experiences of just pressing zero as many times as I can just so I can get, yeah, exactly. So I think in the same way, you know, whether or not customer support could be completely automated, I guess another way to, you know, raise that question is, should it be completely automated? Mm, Okay, cool. Very interesting. Listen, Leroy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, really enjoyable, very interesting. Some great pointers to take away for our audience. If people would like to get in touch with you, what would be the best way? Yeah, definitely add me on LinkedIn. I love you know meeting new people on LinkedIn and, and making new connections. Whatever industry they're in, whatever you know function of the business they're in, I think there's so much that can be done. And we're in a we're in a space now where I think customer success, customer experience. There's such new, relatively new functions in organizations that there's such a collaborative approach, you know, across all these industries, across all these different organizations around providing the best customer experience. Everyone wants to share that knowledge. And I think that's really awesome. So I'm also happy to connect on LinkedIn and and share that knowledge. Fantastic. I couldn't agree any further. I mean, honestly, I think it's great meeting new people and learning from their experiences. One of the reasons why I started the podcast. Listen, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. And hopefully we can do this maybe again in the future. Yeah, thanks so much, Ken. I really appreciate you having me. It was a pleasure and an honor to be here. Thank you, Neil.